0: 20 minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast
1: it's pack a day your 24 7 365 day a year pack a day podcast it is saturday june 1st 2019 i can't believe i'm saying this right now we're in june 1st First, 2019. I'm Jake Turner at PackersTalk.com, and joining me is Mark Eckel, 32 years in the business and still running young and youthful. Mark Eckel, Mark, how's it going?
2: I'm good, Jake. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, we're gonna get into a lot here today. We decided to really get into the nitty gritty of uh, what has happened. Uh, I mean, our pretty much uh, the great son of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that was uh, Bart Starr. Uh, passed away uh, last weekend at the age of 85, and uh, I can say this right now, I still believe that Packer fans are still mourning. I've uh, been trying to check out the national radio a little bit, and uh, you know, Dan Patrick had on uh, the great uh, New York Times writer uh, David Moranis on uh, to talk about uh, when prize still mattered. If you have not, and you are a Packers fan, I highly recommend that you read that book about Lombardi. Uh, he also talks about his time with
2: Bart Starr as well. was a great read. So you don't it, have to be a Packer fan, Jake. Oh, really? That's the, that, that's the best book. Oh no, that's a great book. If you're if if you're just a a human being, I mean that that's just a. I mean, it helps if you're a Packer fan, obviously, but that's just that. That's the greatest book I've read. Thousands of books in my life. That's just, that's the best book I've ever read in my life.
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, as I'm, uh, we're recording this right now here for Pack a Day, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five day year Pack a Day podcast. I look over to my bookshelf, and there is When Pride Still Mattered, and I remember it because my, I believe this was, my grandparents got me this book, and it's always just been a treasure to me, and you know, reading the stories about Bart Starr, uh, just an amazing read. If you have not taken a chance, take a look at it. All right, Mark, uh, I know that you we're a big fan of Bart Starr. You got to witness all this great stuff about him. You have a
2: couple of stories, so uh, let's yeah. get into it. Well, I, let me start by saying, you know, I'm old. I'm not that old, but uh, <laughs> Bart Starr was my favorite. The first game I've ever I ever watched as a kid, I was like six, seven years old, was the Ice Bowl. Oh, man. The first game. I mean, watched from start to finish because now I think I've told you this before. My my Godfather, my my Uncle Joe. I um, actually knew Vince Lombardi pretty well from, you know, I grew up in Jersey and my uncle was up in North Jersey. So he, he knew coach Lombardi from St. Cecilia's and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. in my head all it, that's how I became a Packer fan living in, in New Jersey was hearing him always talk about, you know, coach Lombardi, Mr. Lombardi, this, you know, Vince Lombardi. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, what do I know? I'm a little kid. Right. So anyway, so the first game I ever watch is from start to finish with my father and my uncle is, is the ice ball and. Bart Starr sneaks across for this when he touched out. And it was a, as a little kid, you know, Bart Starr is a pretty cool name. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Bart Starr, he's a star, right? So I became, you know, Bart Starr became my, that was my favorite player. And, um, you know, that was the, you know, it, then I it, then I became a sports writer years and years later. You know, um, Bart was already not, he, by the time I started Writing sports, Bart wasn't really involved at all. His coaching career had 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 ended, but uh, he was still always like my favorite player. So anyway, if this is let's fast forward to about nine, it was after the Packers won the first Super Bowl. So I had to be like late '90s, maybe '98. I'm, I'm gonna say or so, and it's during the off season. It's like maybe July or August, or no, no, it's, it's way before that it's because it's the camp hasn't started yet. So it's probably like June, and my my ball I'm working in in, in New Jersey. And my sports editor comes up to me one day or calls me and says, "Hey, um, I know you're kind of taking some time off now, but I thought you might be interested in, in this. Um, Bart Starr is coming to uh, Princeton to speak Whoa. at some 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 kind of dinner, whatever it was. But he's going to be available prior to that, you know." If, listen, if you want to stay off, you know, don't worry about. I'll, I'll get somebody else. Or we don't have, like, whoa, well, no, 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 we no. <laughs> get nobody else. <laughs> Ain't nobody else doing this. I'll, I'll, yes, I'll, I'll go to this story on Bart Star. So I'm a little, I, and again, I've covered so many things, and I never get it. Yeah, you know, but you're always worried. And I, I, tell a lot of young writers to like. Sometimes you don't want to meet your your favorite player. Because you can only be disappointed, right? I mean, if you find out the guy you love is kind of a jerk or not a, not the greatest guy that you hope he is, it's disappointment, right? I mean, so I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. A little, I'm meeting Barksdale. Well, let me tell you, I was, I was, I wasn't disappointed at all. I mean, he was just he was everything that it, everything that you've heard people say about him now that he's passed. Everything that you heard people say about him even be, before he passed is true. He was just the greatest guy. I had about It was, it was when, when the thing started. It was it was me, it was Bart, myself, and a, some radio guy um, that was there from in, in Princeton. And that was and then the radio guy was, you know, he did his radio thing, bang bang. and He was in and out, so it was really just Bart and I for about a half hour. So we talked about everything, and I had to admit to him. I I and I never do this, never ever in my career interviewing people. Um, you know, turn the recorder off, and I, I just start talk I just start telling them that, you know, about my uncle and how I became a Packer fan. And he was, he he was like, oh, you a fan of New Jersey. Huh? I like, yeah, and I, you know, and, you know, I, I, I opened up to him and then and he was just tough. But I mean, I, like I said, you couldn't, a, a lot of times you can be disappointed. Um, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't hardly disappointed. I was, I was proud to say that, that Bart Starr was my favorite player as a, as a kid. And when I, you know, so finally getting to meet him, it, it didn't, it was, it was an honor, Uh, And then I also told him this story, which is kind of an. And he he laughed at this, or he he kind of remembered it, but I'm sure he he does this a million times. But (laughs) uh, during the Eagles, and I guess it was uh, Rich Kotite was the head coach, so it had to be like early nine early '90s now. And um, Zeke Bratkowski, who was Bart's longtime backup, was the Eagles' offensive coordinator, and. As much as as much as I didn't get along with Rich Coke I I got along with Zeke very very well, and Zeke and I would he would tell me old Packer stories and we he'd tell me about Lombardi and Bart and everything else a lot of times just you know just just shooting the breeze and stuff. Well, for Christmas that year, uh, one of my presents I got from a friend was a uh, replica Super Bowl one jersey of Bart Starrs.
0: What?
2: Uh, oh yeah yeah so. Uh, um, that's not the story.
1: So <laughs> oh, well, no, that's story. not the story. Oh, so, gee. Well, it, let me just it, drop, it, pin my jaw it, up
2: here. So it's, it's the end of the, it's the end of the season. Eagles aren't, aren't, aren't going to the playoffs that, that, that year. They're like eight and eight or whatever. And, um, I tell, but you know, it's like a week to go in the, in the season after Christmas. It's easy. And I said, Hey, guess what I got for uh, Christmas? Hey, what'd you guess? And I said, my friend of mine bought me a super Bart. you know, replica jersey bart super bowl one blah 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 I, oh, that's cool he says hey he says you know as soon as we're done i'm going to see bart like in next week or so uh- he says why don't you bring it in and i'll i'll give it to i'll, I'll bring it with me i'll bart autograph it for you and i'll uh, and bring it back in and i'll mail it back to you oh. so i'm like wow okay so i i bring it in I, I give it to zeke season ends i don't know two weeks later I get this big package back in the mail, and it's from Bart. The return address says Bart Starr. Um, I open it, and he signs it right on the 15. You know, two, two mark, best wishes, Bart Star. So that's like one of that's like my, my prize. It's been framed and hanging over the couch in my family room, and then three of them, everywhere I've been ever since, since I got to Jersey. So. It's, that's like a prize. so I told Bart about that. I said, You know if you if you re- you probably don't re- remember this, but you know, I I mentioned Zeke and he said, Oh yeah, I do, you know, kinda sort of I remember Zeke telling me about a guy. I said, Well, I was the guy. <laughs> but uh so there that's my other Bart Star story. And then I gotta tell you now this is kind of funny. So Go ahead. I'm this is when I'm still up, up north, but I but I move from um one house to, to a to, to a different house. And um, I'm dating this 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 woman at the time, and we're at the lunch. I I'd, I'd already moved, and I got everything put away now and stuff. And we're having lunch or whatever. And she says to me, um, "Hey, I found a I I saw a great uh, painting that would look good in in the new place." And and she describes it to me, and I'm like, eh, "That sounds kind of nice." And I said, "But where would I put that?" And she says, "Well, I was thinking you could hang it over the couch in in your TV room." I said, Where the, where the Bark Star Kersey is? And she says, Yeah, 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 right right there. I said, But Uh-oh. that's where a Bark Star Currency is. And she says, Well, I thought that was temporary. I responded, <laughs> No, you're temporary. <laughs> the Bark Star Currency <laughs> isn't going anywhere. And needless <laughs> to say, that, that that relationship didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> and he was gone, <laughs> and the sergeant jersey's still hanging over my couch. And <laughs> so, yeah, that's my um, that's my Star memories. And just a, like I said, probably one of the few I mean, as great a player as he was. You know, two-time Super Bowl MVP, five titles. You know, he's probably a, he was just as great, if not a greater person.
1: Man alive, that's a heck of a story. Uh, this is Pack a Day. We're 24 7. I told huh? you when we talked prior that I, I had a good parts to start Oh, yes. I mean, we, we were talking about this. This is what we do on uh, Pack a Day. We usually have a so called production meeting, you know, a conversation for about 10, 15 minutes to figure out what we wanted to do. And I felt like, you know, bringing that nostalgia.
2: I, I didn't want to tell you before I told it. You know what I'm saying? No, sorry. no. I and, didn't want you. To...
1: And that's the best thing about it is, (laughs) and that's the best thing about a radio interview is that you want to be able to, when you have on a guest or your co-host and they have this wonderful story, you don't want to know about it. You want to be just like the audience. I mean, I'm telling you right now, my jaw dropped a couple of times uh, during that whole story. So uh, thank you so much for bringing that up. That's an amazing story. and I'm glad glad that you actually have still that jersey hanging uh, in the middle of your wall. That's pretty awesome.
2: Oh, it's been every. It's been in. Let me see. For how many years? Two. This is the fourth place it's been with me.
1: The fourth place it's been, but it's always been at that middle of the wall. Over my couch. Over the couch. Across from my TV. (laughs) Over the couch. Boy, that that has to be pretty amazing. Uh, Mark, what was your reaction when uh, the news came down?
2: Sad, obviously, but also knowing that he had been struggling with his health for, Mm -hmm. for, you know, quite a while now, it's a blessing. I mean, you know, you hate to see anybody, especially someone that you really admire family member, whether it's someone like Bart Starr, you know, someone that you're a big fan of, you hate to see him suffer. You hate to see him not be themselves, you know? Um, So, you know, the way I look at it, I mean, he, he had a great life, not a good life, a great life, Um, a great man, um, he, he's in a better place now. And now, if if if, if the ball's on the one, and God God needs a quarterback sneak to, to, to win the game, he, he he's got the guy.
1: Yep. And then he'll probably say at the end of that, "Let's punch it in and get the hell out of here."
2: <laughs> well, I, I hope he. I hope he. Yeah, I, I hope that he, he doesn't use the word hell. Though. <laughs> <laughs> happy, That's word what he hell. said. to Vince. <laughs> That's what he said to Coach Lombardi on
1: that fourth and goal. <laughs> even Chuck so Mersin didn't even know it didn't even know what the play was it was just Jerry Kramer Bart Starr and <laughs> it's party so uh, what a what a guy he was uh I got a couple of good memories um you talked about how you could tell that Bart Starr's health was not going well and there were two wonderful memories and I have to go back to 2014 sweltering day in July and you, 65,000 capacity are pretty much stacking up Lambeau Field. And you're wondering to yourself, what, what's going on here? Well, Brett Favre is getting into the Packer Hall of Fame at this point. And Packer fans haven't seen him for five years. This was something brand new. And after Favre was talking, suddenly we heard across the We are like, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to look up at the Jumbotron. And there was Bart Starr right there. I, I had tears falling from my eyes at that point because you're watching two legends looking at each other. Favre looked up at star and went, Oh my goodness. Like he actually started uh, tearing up as well. And that was a great moment. But when he came back for Favre's Jersey retirement, it was the, the biggest surprise of my life because I remember I was sitting there. I was doing this kind of hokey kind of play by play thing. I was kind of the beginning of my career. And I was watching halftime. Rain is falling at Green Bay. And Favre, you know, is saying thank you and everything. Packers are in a tough game with the Bears. They lost that night. But when you saw that golf cart coming out, and there was Bart Starr. It was once again back to when Favre uh, got into the Packer Hall of Fame, except right in front of his eyes. Favre looked like a five-year-old meeting his hero because he was like, oh, my goodness, Bart, what are you doing here?
2: Uh, so one of the things I want to mention too, like um and I talked when I, that interview that I that I did with Bart um right. that 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 night in Princeton. Mm-hmm. I you know, I mentioned how like almost everyone from that, that team, uh himself, Jim Taylor, um, who passed away earlier this year. Um he did. Paul Horning, Willie Davis, uh Dave Robinson, you can go on and on, Herb Adderley, Willie Wood. They've all, they all—they were all successful off the football field as well. They all did very. Max Max McGee started the Chee Chee's restaurant franchise. Chee Chee's. I mean, he 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 made he made much more. Max McGee made a ton more money off the field than he ever made on. Him. I mean, but all those guys did very well for themselves away from football, at a time when most football players didn't. I mean, they didn't. It's not like today where they where they made millions just to start with, you know. They made okay, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't have the endorsements like they did now. They they lived a little bit of here there, you know. But nothing like it's nothing like it is nowadays. So I said to him, like, what, you know, why do you think that was? And he said, Coach Lombardi. He said he instilled that winning winning attitude, and it's not just winning on the winning on the field, sure. But you know, we all we won games, we won several games, championships, as everyone knows. But but we wanted life. He taught us how to be winners, on and off the field, and and you know and I'm proud to say that we all you know I'm 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 so happy that all my teammates did well and we all were successful. You know we, we we weren't just great football players. You know we, yes we were and we won our titles and the, you know all that, but we all did so well for ourselves away from the field and that and that meant a lot to him. And I think he he really appreciated me asking him that. You know because everyone talks about you know. The, the, the sneak against the Cowboys and winning mm-hmm. his first two Super Bowls and mm-hmm. winning all, you know, that, and everybody knows and, and let taking take nothing away from all those accomplishments but, you know, they these guys all if you look it up, they all did very well almost, almost I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's one or two that didn't, but I mean, most of you know, all the big names, they all they they, they did great, they all were successful businessmen, successful like you said, Max, Max McGee started his own restaurant um, they, they, they was it's, it's amazing that when you that that you could think Gary Kramer did well, as uh, far as Greg became a coach, you know, and all that. Um, no, it was just it was it was an amazing gr- group of players and, and men under under one of the greatest in, in Lombardi.
1: This is the Pack a Day podcast, twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five day a year. Pack a Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com. dot com. Joining me is Mark eckel of BomaginFootball dot com. We're going down a uh, story time lane uh, about the great Bart Starr who died at 85 last weekend uh, to just really get a good nostalgic feel on what Bart Starr really truly meant. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm currently in the middle of Jerry Kramer's uh, book uh, that was ghostwritten by the great late uh, Dick Schap. And he talked about how Lombardi was able to give that winning mentality to these players. He basically turned them from boys to men. Uh, when they yeah. got there in 1958, uh, Lombardi was embarrassed. He could not believe, you know, what a mess this team was. And, you know, Lombardi was, uh, excuse me, Star was just drafted out of the 17th round at this point. And then you watched them. think about that. 17th round. Jim. 17th round. Can you imagine that nowadays? <laughs> Can you imagine What's 17 that? rounds right now? Yeah. Oh my goodness!
2: I couldn't either. But think about how deep—think about how deep in the draft he—I mean that—that that was. I mean, there's always rounds now, so really eight when you when you add in all the, all the compensatory picks, it's really about eight rounds. All right, let's just say eight rounds. Star might not even—I mean, even after you sign your undrafted guys, Star might not even been signed. Think about that, seventeenth round. And he came out of the
1: University of Alabama, and he was coached underneath Bear Bryant, and I mean, geez, 17th round. Boy, you talk about how Lombardi got lucky on that one.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, when you said that, I I had to jump in with that. I mean, 17th, not 7th round. No. I mean, people talk about Tom Brady being a great pick in the 6th round, (laughs) which he was. I'll be. This is is 11 rounds after Tom Brady. This was pre-Super
1: Bowl times, yep
2: that's one of I mean, my if, favorite if, moments if they still had 17 rounds today and the draft started on thursday night with the first round and way thursday five or would they have gotten drafted to like the following wednesday <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: all right we're like on day seven here,
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you imagine that unbelievable uh what were some of the books um that really emphasized who bart star was that you've read
2: there's a million. Well, like the one. You, well, you you mentioned the, the one um, when pride still mattered, which like, oh, yeah. is, is my favorite book of all time. But there's another one that most people, a lot of people, don't know about, and it's called. It's kind of a takeoff on when pride still mattered, but it's, this this one's all about Bart. It's called when leadership still mattered. Um, okay. It's I'm sure it's available Go on Amazon or wherever you you buy your books. You can find it. Mm-hmm. That's a that's it's a it's a micro version of. Mirandis' book on lombardi but this is all about star and what a leader he, he was so if you're a bart Starr fan if you're or if you just want him right now because of his past catch up on him i would i would highly suggest uh when leadership still mattered um like you said this uh um, both of Gary kramer's books instant replay and distant replay um that just sums up the whole packer way of life um, the way it was with that team um so both of those are excellent books about the Packers and Bart Starr.
1: I could not agree more. I I have to take a look at that. You you said uh, there was another one that you sent me a picture of. A, what was it called? Run of Lombardi or something oh,
2: like that? Run to, Run to Daylight.
1: Run to Daylight. All right, talk about that one. That's, just,
2: that's the first book I, I ever read. Um, I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, my, my my uncle. But that's, that's mostly, a, I haven't read it in so long, but that that was the old term. That was the Packers' um that's, that's what they're like. You know, like nowadays you, you, you call an offense West coast offense or, uh, the Rams had the greatest show on turf back in the day, you know, well, the Packer offense back then was considered run the daylight because they ran that power sweep. You know, you've seen the, you've seen the, the clip a million times. You seal it here, you seal it here. And you, you know, well, run the daylight was Lombardi's, you know, um, mantra, I guess, you know, and, um, that that book kind of, if I remember, like I said, I read it so long ago, I still have it. Uh, but it was about that year when they they lost to the Lions. Year, um, okay. The Lions beat him and and beat him up pretty good. And the Lions had a had a linebacker named named Joe Schmidt, who later became their their head coach. Um, as a matter of fact, I think when when I was reading the book, he was he he, he was their, their head coach at that time. But anyway, um, the Packers played the Lions second time, and the Lions are feeling pretty good about themselves, because they already beat them once, and um, again, I'm, I hope I don't get this stuff wrong, but Lombardi's whole thing was, alright, they got this guy, Schmidt, he had a great game against us, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're going to run at him. And the Packers and the Pirates were like, no, we don't want to run at him, we want to run away from him. No, you know? He's like, no, we're going right at him. That's their strength, we're going our strength against their strength, we're going to go right at him. And the Packers, I forget, I forget the numbers, but the Packers won the game easily and they ran for like i don't know 200 and something yards in that game hoarding taylor they and they, they, they did nothing the whole game they just they just completely took him out of the game that that's the crux of the book but it's more it's more than that it's it's, it's just all about that old that whole packer offense and and um uh, and lombardi and, and his style and you know you didn't beat you rarely beat him twice that's let's put it that way
1: I got a question for you, because this is what I hear nowadays that kind of annoys me a little bit, because these two words I do not feel like really emphasize to Bart Starr was. Game manager. Mark, what do you think when you hear the words game manager describe Bart Starr? No, way way, not,
2: way, no, way, way more than that. Um, unless you're saying it in a, the most ultimate, complimentary, I mean... Trent Dilfer was a game manager the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. That's right. And then when I hear when I hear game manager, that's what I think. A guy like, listen, we have a great defense. We have a two thousand yard back. Don't mess up, okay. <laughs> and that's and that's basically what Baltimore told Trent, Trent Dilfer to do in two thousand, I guess it was right. The year to year, the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Like this, don't make mistakes. Don't worry if we have to punt on forty, you know, because our defense isn't going to give up any points anyway. Just get the ball to Jamal Lewis. When you have to complete a pass, you know, do it. Don't don't take any ch- risks. Don't take any chances. No, no, no. That that wasn't Bart Starr. Bart. I mean, Bart Starr still has the highest quarterback rating, postseason quarterback rating of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yes, he and does. Joe Montana and Tom Brady and mm-hmm. um, anyone else that's ever you know all your other great ones. I mean, he, his quarterback rating is still the highest postseason quarterback rating. So that's not a game manager. That's a winner. If, if 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 I had to use a word, two words to describe Bart Starr, it would be leader and winner. Because I and then again the name of the book, when leadership still mattered. It, it's all about what a great leader Bart Starr was. Um, and, if, and if you ask, if you talk to any of his teammates, you know, that are still around, or even when they were, you know, Jerry, you know, read Gary, like you're you're reading Gary Kramer's book. You'll you'll see you what know, nice. his thoughts on boards are. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to Paul Horning about him. You talk to uh, Fars Greg or, or or any of those guys. You know, they'll they'll just they they'll go on and on telling you that Barton, our leader, yes. You know, and just like you said that that last play, that quarterback he, he went to the sidelines, said let me sneak it in. Boom, he goes out there, you know Chuck Mercene thought he was getting the ball.
1: That's you know, right.
2: And, he, and, and instead, Bart keeps it and wins the game against the Cowboys. I mean, um, you know, the year before that, that, um, the ice bowl, when they beat the Cowboys in Dallas, they were losing that game. Yes, they were early. And he brought it, he, he, he brought them back with, with touchdown passes. I think they either was a Boyd dollar or, or Carol Dale. I mean, um, no, no, Mark Storm wasn't a game manager. He was a winner and a, and, and a leader. And, um, and one of the, and I think one of the most under, I think uh, Sal Palantonio from ESPN wrote a story mm-hmm. saying what an under, what how he was what Bart Starr was one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the
1: history oh, of the game. Oh man, it, I know it, it, no
2: doubt about I mean, that. You and, know? And, and it's because when when you're surrounded by great players, let's mm-hmm. not take anything away from Horting and Taylor and Dale and Dallar and McGee and that offensive line. Yeah, they were that was a great team, but. He was the leader of that group team. And that's right. as great as that team was, if they had a different quarterback, uh, they they wouldn't have been as successful, obviously. And, and you know, sometimes – I think, you know, Terry Bradshaw faces the same underratedness, I guess, if, if that's a word. Um, you know, because people say, oh, well, he had Swan and Stallworth and Harris and a great defense, blah, blah, blah. But still, Bradshaw had to pull the trigger, you know. I mean, he – you know, he – sometimes – it's funny. There are some quarterbacks that get overrated, I think, because of what they've done and, and what they had around them. But, you know, I think I think Star was, was vastly underrated. And Sal pointed that out in the, in, in the story that he wrote for, for ESPN.
1: I've always been a big Sal Palantonio fan, so whenever he says something like that, I'm all for it. Uh, Mark, as always, here on Pack a Day, great stuff. And uh, thank you so much for giving uh, <laughs> me and Packer fans... A chance to really enjoy, you know, what it meant watching Bart Starr in real life, interviewing him. And uh, that story I love about the jersey across the couch. Great stuff. Love yeah, it. i
2: still there. i still there. All you right, right i going to visit you. will see it, Jake.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, make like sure I you told send that, me a picture. Like,
2: like I told that that woman, That's permanent, was yeah. temporary. <laughs> 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 all right, Mark. We'll talk next time, all right? All right. Take care, Jake. We'll, 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 we'll do this again in a couple weeks.
1: All right. Sounds good. See you then. All right. That was Mark Echel of com. You can read all of his stuff on uh, BobAgainFootball.com. Tweet him at MarkEchel08, or you can tweet me at uh, Jake Sport. Yeah, that was one of the things. Look, I'm I'm 33 years old, okay? And I know that there are some young ones out there that want to say, oh, you're too young. You never saw Bart Starr play. Well, guess what? There's something here at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting that I've learned, and that is research. And I have lost track how many game film I have watched of Bart Starr. I got the fortune one day on NFL Network to watch the Ice Bowl. Kirk Gowdy is in the booth, and I didn't know what to think. Because back then, I did think that Bart Starr was a game manager. Then I watched him on that final drive. And I know everybody wants to talk about him punching in the end zone. They win. They go to Super Bowl two. However, there was one play on that drive that showed the toughness of Bart Starr. And they even talked about it in America's game, 1967 Green Bay Packers. And that was Bart Starr rolled out to his right. Now keep this in mind. It's 15 below out. The heater wasn't working. It was like being tackled on cement, as people were saying. Bart Starr rolled out to his right just to get a first down. He dives head first for the first down. He talks about that game, and he says, it felt like I hit cement. And at that point in his career, he's trying to win the game for the Packers against the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) and Tom Landry, and that's something that really just embraces it, of how tough he was, because you know what, he got up, he dusted himself off, next play, let's go, and after that wonderful run by Bart Starr that got the first down, the Packers were able to win that game, it took a couple of downs, but they got into that opportunity because of Bart Starr. So if you have not had a chance, and I know you can find it, go find the Ice Bowl, watch that game, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Or if you have any other star memories, please tweet us at uh, Packaday Podcast at MarkEcho08, and uh, at JakeTurnerSport. But uh, as we said, Bart Starr may be gone, but he will be forever in our memories. And even as a 33-year-old man, I was proud that I was able to witness the greatness of Bart Starr even if it was through game film. All right, that's it for Pack-A-Day. And as I said before, tweet us at at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And the great three words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is Go Pack Go. Thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of Pack-A-Day. And we will see you next time. This was the Pack-A-Day Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're all over the internet. And have yourself a great one.
0: Champ to Wild. Oh, And a leap to the north end zone stands. The Packers have a six nothing lead. Beathard on third down to three in the shotgun. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking and as he throws it deep down the right sideline. Inter- it is intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rogers looking right. Throws the right side. thing Brown makes the touchdown. Frame tumbled out of bounds inside the 30 at the 28 yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here it is, placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Yes, yes. 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 it is. Delivers the there you dagger. Go. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five, 13 yard line of Atlanta. Snap. Ryan looks right, throws right, Close, right down. Down. To the house, Bishoff, Freeland, touchdown, Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7 to Packers. Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, blitz on, they pick it up, lost the outside, they got, got him. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks it under center from the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Of your fifth. Six trailing thirty to twenty-three, two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the a gap, and here they come. Rogers looking, throws left side of the, the end zone. Oh. He yes! Touchdown, yes. Adams, left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers. Sixteen-yard touchdown pass. The Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied.